Hi, and welcome to this week's episode of One on One, a food management podcast. I'm your host, Holly Petrie, here with the latest episode. I was one-on-one with the Director of Food and Nutrition for Seattle Public Schools, Aaron Smith, to talk about how he's been building menus tailored to students and learning experience for the district that has roughly 118 schools. He started in 2019, so he hasn't really had time to get his feet off the ground, but Aaron Smith has a lot of big plans that include making really specific, customized menus for students. So stay tuned and enjoy the podcast. And Erin, you have a really, really interesting background that I'd love to talk to you about. Um, so you, you're from Chicago originally, uh, and you were working in Google Marketing before you went to cooking school, um, and then wound up in school nutrition. So can you kind of tell me about that journey and, and what brought you to where you are today? <laughs> Yeah, so I Different 
culture so that, you know, that these kids have something that's different from the McDonald's and things that they usually see every single day. Um, I was fortunate because my auntie used to take us to like Benny Hanna's and different restaurants. So I had the opportunity to experience different cultures, not a wide range, but something outside your typical fast food. And so I was like, well, you know, some of these kids might not ever experience that. So let's bring that to them. So that, that's kind of how I got into it. And that's when I really developed the passion for it. It's like, this, you know, this is my career now. This is something I enjoy going to work and do it every day. When you started in at Chicago Public Schools or in, in the area, correct? Uh, I started with Rockford Public Schools. Yes, yes, yes. Very, so for the <laughs> listeners who don't know, it's it's in the outer suburbs. So they're, you know, correct. knowing. Mm-hmm. Um, but so what is that environment like? So you, you were in Rockford and then you went to Chattanooga, I believe, and now you're in Seattle. So how, how have those different environments kind of changed? You know, it seems like your core mission is really to help those who who need who need the food to survive who maybe don't have another way and you want them to succeed through school so how have all those different environments shaped the way that you've run nutrition departments well i kind of focus on educating students through food exposing different cultures to students through food and even when i went down to chattanooga i mean you had a lot of a lot of southern style dishes a lot of barbecue you know, but there wasn't a lot of Asian food on it. You know, it wasn't food from different Creoles, like from New Orleans or uh, like salmon, like you have up here in Seattle. So it was, I was all about like exposing kids to different cultures, have them learn about different cultures. Uh, and on top of that, just improving the quality of food uh, by bringing more fresh, fresh fruits and vegetables by, um, Decreasing processed items, going to more fresh ingredients, um, natural, whole muscle. Uh, but my main focus was to make sure that every kid felt welcome and every culture was um, experienced in the cafeteria. So even when I came here to Seattle, I was really just blown away by how diverse Seattle is. But the menu didn't reflect the diversity of the city. So with different here in Seattle, I actually had an opportunity to like meet with, you know, the Somali community, the Asian community, uh, the Filipino community, and get their feedback on the movie. So now we can do more scratch cooking and elevate the movie more and represent their culture in a respectful way on the movie. Well, and that also kind of leads into the way that you you wanted to sort of start in Seattle when you got there in 2019. You, one of the first things that you talked about doing was dividing the, the district into different regions so that way the menus could be mm-hmm. more specialized. Can you kind of talk about that decision and, and what inspired that? Yeah, it, it was just so... You have uh, the central, central district is mostly Asian. Uh, you know, South is mostly black, you know, you have a large Somali population in the West. And so, you know, there's so there's different demographics within the five regions of Seattle. And it's almost impossible to have one menu for everybody to love and everybody to like. So the plan was to have one item that is like rotational where students can experience these different cultures and uh, unique items while having a staple for that region 
as an option for them as well. So, for example, um, so say we take the you know the smaller community, you know we know that those kids love the you know that Somali food. There's like halal idols and things that they really want to eat. So we make sure that that's on the menu. But then we also bring in like the um, you know orange chicken, orange chicken, or you know salmon chowder, or different items where we can sort of educate them and they can experience different cultures. But we have those staples there that we know they love and they're going to eat as well. And how has that been, you know, for for you and for your team who are designing these menus and who are sourcing these ingredients? How has that sort of worked for you guys, at least before COVID? How did that work getting all of those things together? It was actually, it was right before we started that process is when COVID hit. <laughs> um, so we started to implement it, like, uh, so we were going to do it all at once, so not the entire city, but we are going to do, like, one region at, at a time to, like, save it in. And so we started with the south end, and then we were just going to move our way up. Um, but we only was able to get two minutes done before COVID hit. So we still haven't fully implemented that program, but it's definitely a, something that we're still interested in doing, something we're definitely going to do once we get back to a normal school year. Well, in Seattle had the lovely distinction of being the first city in the U.S. to really be hit by COVID. So you got it earlier than everyone else. You were, you were, kind of had to stop things before the rest of us did. Um, and you did some really interesting things during COVID. So you did your backpack brigade and you partnered with companies like Amazon for deliveries. So can you talk about some of the ways that you brought food to students, which is one of the main things that you wanted to do in this job? Yeah, so uh, when COVID first started, um, our initial reaction was to take a, a step back, such as open up a handful of sites, and uh, we, we really didn't know what to expect. Uh, we didn't know how many employees were still going to work. We didn't, I mean, it was just so many unknowns when, when COVID, when the pandemic hit. Um, but we continued to try to think of ways, like, how can we make sure that the kids who need it the most will have access to food? Um, so we started off with a handful, I think, 15 open sites. Then we added um, buses to uh, distribute meals throughout the city. Uh, met with Amazon, and Amazon uh, agreed to let us use their flex drivers to do home delivery to the families of in greatest need. Uh, and then we just kept growing the program. Uh, we had, you know, companies like Fair Stars who reached out who wanted to add a supper program to our meals. Um, we had other, you know, local companies that want to contribute, Backpack Brigade, for extra weekend meals. Um, and so we just slowly, like, phased in all these different things. So where we ended up with, you know, 41 open meal sites, 38 buses, doing direct home delivery to uh, over 3,000 students a day, um, where we made sure that the city was covered. Everybody, no matter where you live, had an opportunity to pick up a meal, and we're continuing to grow the program because right now we're currently looking at purchasing a food truck to have that up and running for the summer, summer as well, so we can continue to expand as long as the pandemic is here. The partnership with Amazon is really interesting. I haven't heard any other district really have anything like that. How did that come about, and do you see a future in other uses with that partnership? 
Um, you know what? The, I don't know if there's a future with the home delivery. It kind of depends on, you know, waivers, USDA policies. I, I think there could be a future for it. Um, I think for most school districts, there's a struggle with breakfast. Uh, for kids, you know, if it's a late bus, time constraints, you know, they got to get to the classroom. I, I just think there's a way, you know, if it's allowed, we can use partnerships like Amazon to make sure the families who need it the most can have breakfast, you know, who might not can afford it or might get to school too late because transportation issues, when they can get that home delivery where we know they can have that meal before they come to school. Um, so I, I think it's a future, but there's a lot that, that will have to um, <laughs> come together for that to happen, mostly around policies. And so what, so do, you, what do you hope? What do you hope for the future of the district? I mean, what are some of your plans as far as you can plan? You know, hoping everything is, goes back to semi-normal. What do you What do you have planned for the district in 2021, 2022? Um, well, one thing, I, I hope that, you know, all kids can continue to be free. You know, there's so many things that free when it comes to school systems. And what I hope is we can continue to work with work with the families, work with students, continue to educate them, you know, about different cultures, um, about the food, about sustainability. Um, you know, we're working on creating a YouTube channel so we can do like cooking shows, education shows for for families and students. Um, every time we put out a new item on the menu, we put the history behind it so the school can share the history behind the, the dish and where it comes from. Uh, so we, we just continue to make sure that students feel welcome in the cafeteria, make sure that their voices are heard, um, and just let them know that, that we, just, we support them. So we have a central kitchen, so we're able to do a lot more um, scratch cooking, um, and we're able to make sure that you know the food we put out there is consistent amongst the 118 sites that we that we serve it. Um, so, and we're just, you know, really, I'm, I'm grateful that I have the staff that I have and the managers are really dedicated to make sure that the students receive the best quality food. And I, I truly believe the more, the more we put out there, the more we reach out to families, um, the more we can become more implemented in the actual school system. You know, I think it'd be awesome if, you know, if, if they're learning about Spain or Africa or in the Caribbean, they could come down to the lunchroom and actually experience that type of food on the menu. So that's the ultimate goal is to really tie in uh, food service into the academics. So it's just a one holistic school experience. Wow, that's so interesting. That's And it's exciting. Students love to learn and eat. So putting the two of them together is going to be, I feel like it's going to be pretty successful. Yeah, we're, that's something we're excited about. And so that, that's our ultimate goal, and this is just the first step to get there. Well, thank you, Aaron, so much for telling me all about what you guys are doing in Seattle. Um, I really enjoyed speaking with you. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of One on One. We'll be back next Friday with a brand new episode. Until then, stay safe.